Welcome to the Capable Collective Podcast, a place for women who want to ditch the overwhelm and learn to run their business with ease. I'm your host, Ellie McBride, and I firmly believe that as women and non-binary folks, we work best as a collective. So together with my expert guests, we are sharing the tools, systems, and ethos behind a simple yet thriving business. This season, we will be talking all about making great content. From your website to social media, my guests and I are here to help you create content that attracts and engages your audience. Episodes drop on alternate Wednesdays, so make sure to subscribe to catch everyone. Ready to dive in? Let's go. I am so excited to introduce our first guest for season three of the podcast. She is brilliant, and so let's just jump in. Kira is a content strategist and a digital agency owner who's passionate about helping DIY entrepreneurs and purpose-driven business owners show up confidently online in order to skyrocket their businesses to the next level. Behind the brand, she's a multi-hyphenate with an array of passions and interests. She says, when I'm not running things at the agency, you can find me in the nearest dance studio or stuffing my face with quality vegan food. And I feel like I've been here before. Old soul vibes. This is an interview that is going to be a lot of value for you to listen to if you're looking to strategize with your content more and to get really clear about what you're creating and why. Let's jump in. Thanks for being here today. Pretty excited about it. So we're just going to jump into this like rapid round and kind of do some get to know you questions and then we'll get into the the meaty bit of content clarity. Sound good? Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, tell us where you're from. Okay, so I am from Washington, D.C., the Washington, D.C. area. I currently reside in Maryland, though, so not too far from D.C., a drive away. Yeah, cool. And out of nosiness, like, what's your favorite part of living in that area? Um, I honestly, if I'm being completely transparent, I don't have a favorite part about living in this area. <laughs> Simply okay. because I've been here my entire life. So I am absolutely ready to go and experience other parts of the world, see other places. I mean, but if I had to choose, I guess I like that it's very city-like, you know, there are plenty of businesses to patronize. There are plenty of events to attend. We have a pretty cool, decent art scene here too, as well. Um, So that's, I guess, if I had to pick anything, that's what I would <laughs> Yeah. So it's not all bad. It's not all bad. Right. It's not terrible. <laughs> No, but it'll be cool to see, like, to continue following you for the next couple of years and see where you end up and what you do. Yes. Um, can you share your preferred pronouns? I prefer she, her. Yep. Awesome. And when did you start your business? I started the Kiera Nicole Way, my digital agency, in January of 2020. Ooh. So, yes, <laughs> yes. And I do have a story behind that, like how everything got started, where it came from, things like that. So, well, tell me about that. Like, that's my next question is how you started your business and how kind of it came to be. So January 2020, we all know our lives changed. COVID hit, the coronavirus came out and the world that we knew literally changed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my background is in dance. I was at the time trying to establish and grow my dance company. So I was looking for space, physical location um, to grow. 
but then things started to shut down. And so I didn't understand how dance fit into that whole grand scheme of things. So from there, I started taking a lot of courses, classes, trying to hone in on my skills and abilities. And then it came to me like, you have website design skills as well as content creation skills, right? Because I've been an entrepreneur since 2012, a lot of people call that a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> I've just always been trying to create my own lane. Like for as long as I've known, I've just always been trying to create my own lane. So I started to realize, okay, you do have some skills that you can, uh, that can bring you some income in this t- at this time. Like I said, 2012, I was doing so many different things. Um, and then that led me to now. So I started to figure out, well, how can I infuse this into a business? We started out as a lifestyle brand and a content creation company, which kind of didn't make sense for me because I was trying to um, share lifestyle tips like better habits and eating clean and things like that and also help businesses with their content. And the two just didn't mesh well. So then I transferred into a whole digital agency and then that's how the Care Nicole Way got started. Oh, that's epic because obviously... Even the, the, like you said, you've been doing businesses since 2012, but running a comp, a dance company, like that is, that's entrepreneurship. And I'm sure you have loads of skills from that, that were very transferable because you probably had built your own website and done all this stuff. You were doing your own marketing because that's what entrepreneurs do, right? They wear all the hats (laughs) at least for a while. And um, yeah, so that's really, really cool. And then on top of that, you get to put those skills to use in a time where so many other people are going, well, shit, I got to get online. (laughs) I've got to move my business into the digital world or I'm not going to survive. It's so important. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me what you love most about your business. The thing I love most is that I get to empower, well, I get to use my innate skills and abilities to empower other DIY entrepreneurs. So that's a term that I coined DIY entrepreneurs. So not like making crafts and things, but someone who is building their business from the ground up themselves. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in this business journey, you have so many people focused on scaling and growing and all of these six-figure launches that they look over the people who are starting from the bottom. And we exist. We exist. And it doesn't mean that we can't ever get to the top level. It's just that we need skills, organization, the right strategies, And sometimes the right cheerleaders in our corner to help us get to that next level. Um, So that's what I really love about my business, that I get to empower DIY entrepreneurs, solopreneurs like you and I to get to the next level and ultimately reach our goals. That's really, really cool. That that element, this is something I, because I ask this question on pretty much every episode. And ultimately, it sounds like in some way, shape or form, everybody's favorite part of their business is helping people, which is just epic. Um, Yes. Because that's literally what business is, you know, like serving, making sure that you serve a purpose and you're serving other people without being super self-serving. Like, of course, we want to have income and have our brands be uh, well-known and things like that. But ultimately, it's about how you can make the next person's life a little bit better, a little easier. Yeah, definitely. It's about, like you said, using the skills that come naturally to you that you enjoy to not only make a living, but to impact the world around you, which is pretty cool. And so one question I like to ask everybody is what kind of help and systems do you have in your business? Um, We'll start with help because there seems to be this narrative that even solopreneurs, which most of my clients and community and audience are, we still have help in ways. And I want to sort of reduce this narrative that like you have to be 
like a one woman show and like right. white knuckle the whole thing all the time. Right. Right. Um, so that's a very interesting thing for me because asking for help is something that is hard for me. It's something that I struggle with um, as a result of how I grew up. Um, you know, you don't need help. You know, we're good. So that's kind of something I'm learning to get out of. Um, as far as the help that I've had so far, I have friends that will promote for me and that will, um, you know, refer other clients to me. And occasionally I do outsource projects. My goal for the end of the year is to hire a virtual assistant so that I can stop doing so many of the admin tasks and the little things. So that's mm -hmm. my end of the year goal. By the end of 2021, I plan to have a virtual assistant. But other than that, I'll outsource on like Fiverr or, you know, find an intern or something like that. Yeah. And that makes total sense. I think that's the other thing that doesn't get talked about a lot is that when you're first starting, like you're talking about the people starting from the very ground, you are doing everything, everything, everything. It took me, I think almost two years to hire a virtual assistant. I only this year have hired other help as well in my business. I know um, yeah. it's very exciting, but it's yes. also, then you have to like pivot your skill set, right? Like you're not only, then you're doing your work, but you're also having to learn to manage people in a way that is clear for remote staff. Really, you're still appreciating them. And it's, it's a whole thing that I'm learning. <laughs> right. And I like how you mentioned that it took you two years, because like I said, when you have, when we see other entrepreneurs and business owners that have reached certain pinnacles in their career, they are talking about, you need to outsource, you need to hire help, but they're ignoring the fact that how do I, when I'm starting at, the ground. Like I might not have any money. I might not have any, you know, funding and things like that. So how can I possibly get help? Right. Yeah. So definitely important. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're outsourcing what you can't like where you when and where you can at the time now, because in the long term, like everybody that I know that has hired a virtual assistant goes, Oh, I wish I had like done it earlier because, and this is my big belief in like, in this is that when you outsource, you free up the space to make more money, right? You exactly. So that's where I like my goal this year was to outsource three times as much as last year, knowing mm -hmm. that I would have the space for bigger projects like my the, the templates I'm currently working on or this podcast that I would not have ever right. had time for if I hadn't started outsourcing. Right. And another thing is most people don't know where to start. Like you don't know that you can hire a VA on Upwork or Fiverr for, you know, not as, you know, expensive as someone who you're hiring that only does that or, you know, has a large clientele base and things like that. So yeah. the more, you know, <laughs> actually the capable collective is doing something about that. I haven't really talked about it to anybody yet, but I run one I last spring, summer, I ran a program called Capable Content Creation. And that was one of the two signature programs for this community. And so I'm going to be running that again later in the autumn, but actually coming up really soon. Um, hopefully this episode will go live before then is my second signature program. And that is called Capable Systems. And that really focuses on how to create really simple standard operating procedures, how to outsource and how to find the people to outsource. So to, to create the systems so that outsourcing is really easy. You know what, to, what you need, tasks you need done and how to explain them. You know where to hire and how to hire and how to manage. And it's going to be a lot of fun because I've been learning this over the last couple of years and I have a system. It, last spring, I had to replace myself on somebody's team and my long-term VA left me because he had a... <laughs> 
he started a brick and mortar business, damn it. And um, so I've recently been training a new virtual assistant for the last few months in my business and she's been great. But yes, I'm excited. I love that. No, it's, 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 I love this conversation because um, the standard operating procedures. Now, although I do things on my own, I'm very structured. I very structured. So I do all of the hard work myself right now so that when it is time to hire, it's done. Yeah. You know, I have my, my client process already documented. I have, you know, certain processes and th- how I want things done already documented so I can just hand it over. Um, so that's important too, you know, teaching yeah. us solo girls how to do it or solo guys yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. And I think that for people like you and I, that comes pretty easily, like naturally for the organization and creating systems and creating templates. Not that necessarily the outsourcing part is always as easy, but it is when you have that organized side, it does make at least part of it easier. But I think that a lot of my clients and a lot of my community are not like the organized type. I have a lot of really creative types, a lot of wellness types that like the order thing just doesn't come naturally for them. And so having people like us in the world is, it takes all types, right? Right, right. Valid. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, last question of the rapid round. What systems do you use to do business with these? So that's another thing is I like to talk about, I like to kind of get behind the scenes and see if there's any specific software or templates or things that you're working with that really make your work a lot easier. Right. So first things first, I'm a traditional girl through and through. I am a pen to paper kind of planner. So I need, I have thousands of notebooks, planners for different things. I just need to see it written down, right? Mm. But outside of that, um, like for client management, I use Debsado. So all of my invoices, proposals, everything right in one place. Perfect for me. Mm-hmm. When I have a one-on-one client, we communicate through Asana, which they really love because like you said, they're not the most organized. So that the fact that they can see the tasks that they need to complete, they can see what we're doing, where we are in our process there. They really like that. Um, for content creation, I use Canva. Very simple, straight to the point. I'm currently learning Photoshop, but it is a learning curve. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm taking my time with that. <laughs> but <laughs> Canva continues to impress me. Um, and so I am a Canva advocate. As far as scheduling goes for my content, because it can be overwhelming, I use Planoly. Um, and my favorite free option is Creator Studio, because mm-hmm. there's an option for Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then those are just a, a few of the systems that I use. Yeah. Long time listeners to the show will know how like I'm an Asana obsessed human. I love it. I love how easy it is to keep everything organized. And then like Dubsado. Dubsado is like the tool that I wish I used. And I was yeah. telling this to another person the other day. I love mm-hmm. Dubsado. I've used Dubsado with loads of clients. I used to be a virtual assistant back in the day for an OBM or online ban- business manager and loved it. But the one thing I cannot leave and the reason I don't use it is I can't leave FreshBooks. I can't. Uh, I use okay. it so much. I use it way, for way more than accounting. I use it for time management and I use it for project okay. management and all this other stuff. I just can't. Okay. So, yes. <laughs> but that's what I love is like, I there's so many, so many different versions. Right. And I think that um, Dubsado is amazing. If you are out there listening, being like, I just can't like use multiple tools. Dubsado's for you. Yes. Yes. All right. So today we are talking about how to get content clarity. And this is one of your specialties. And I'm really excited 
because honestly, I could probably use a refresh now that I have two brands to manage. True. It's true. A refresh is always needed. So tell us a little bit about that, about content clarity and how you see it and um, about your work with it. So for me, content clarity is about getting super clear on the purpose of your content and how it directly relates to advancing your business goals. Right. So this ensures that your audience understands your concept, your content, excuse me, and it keeps you it helps you stay focused on creating the right types of content. So that's how I view content clarity, just being super clear about the purpose of your content and making sure that it is aligned with the business goals that you have. Um, so when you are clear on your content, it means you've done your due diligence. You recognize your unique selling proposition or your value add. Um, you've researched your audience and you understand not only what they want and need, but also how to provide that through your content and in ways that they'll understand, because that's important. Because although you might understand what you're trying to say, um, if you're not really clear on your audience and how they receive information, how they consume content, then your clarity won't be as effective or your content won't be as effective. I'm sorry. Right. Also, it makes sure that you have defined your messaging. You're crystal clear on what you're trying to say. Um, so that's what content really, content clarity really is about for me. And I feel like once you've done all of those things, you have the clarity and you can show up online confidently and propel your business and your content to the next level. Definitely. And so tell me, tell us a little bit about like, what would you do if you were an entrepreneur and you were like, okay, I sort of have a bit of an audience or community here. Um, I know what I like to do for work and kind of my, what my business is sort of aiming towards. Cause a lot, I think a lot of business owners that have like zero or very limited content clarity are usually pretty new. So this stuff is sort of in flux. Um, so sort of how you would kind of navigate that a little bit. So the basis of for for people who are listening, who have like no idea or who are just starting out, you have to create a strategy. And nine times out of 10, you're not going to be able to do that on your own because there's so many moving parts. Um, There's so many things that need to make sense. And content is a large thing, if that makes sense. It's not just one thing, right? So a lot of people go into uh creating and publishing content thinking, oh, I just have to make some Instagram posts and that's fine. No, content is website content, the things that are on your website, podcasts, for example, eBooks, um, just a bunch of different things. So if you want to get crystal clear on that, you'd have to have your strategy in place. Um, And in order to do that, you're going to need to talk to someone at least. Uh, Maybe you can sit down with someone who is in the business of content creation and try to get a strategy created. And if you're not quite there yet, Google and internet and the internet is your best friend. Absolutely. Yes. Set aside some time to search, research and research over and over and over again. Um, And that will at least help you get started. Um, And then when you're ready to refine, because that's another thing about the content creation and publishing and promotion journey is that it's always changing. You may start off creating one thing and focusing on one thing and then realize, hmm, you know, not only am I changing or not only are my business goals changing, but maybe what I'm publishing my content on is changing. So I have to keep up with the times or my audience is changing. They are now ready for something else or something new, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, 
that whole content, there's a reason people say like content is king, right? And it is probably your best method. And this is something you hear all over the internet, but it's probably your best method for really getting people to feel like they connect with you, right? To feel like they want to spend their hard-earned dollars on what you have to offer and to engage really properly with you. It is can be giant, right? It can be a behemoth if you let it. And so you, when you're first getting started, you do have to start kind of small and then build your way up. Like I didn't, when I started this, didn't have a newsletter at first. I didn't have a podcast. I barely had a blog. I did have one, but it was kind of awful, to be honest. Practice with writing people. Um, And I built on it as I went and kind of learned things like blogging became easier. So it didn't take me as long to write a blog post and those kinds of things. But then you get to your point where you're saying about how it can change. And you're right. Like all of those factors, your audience can change. You can change. Um, I'm a big believer that like us, our businesses are living, breathing things and our communities are breathing. And, but then there's other like totally outside factors that can shift everything, you know, Instagram announces reels or major social justice issues come up kind of all at one time. And suddenly Instagram is an informational thing as opposed to everyone escaping to pretty beaches on via their phones. Yep. Um, And that's something that nobody had any control over, but everybody had to adapt to. And honestly, it becoming a more informational platform is pretty beneficial for businesses. Yes. Super beneficial. I love that. I love that. Um, and it's a, you know, it's free. So it's a great way to promote content and, you know, reach an audience. I literally love Instagram. Um, love it. I mean, the changes can be a little overwhelming trying to stay up with everything. Um, but like I said, if you are very clear on your unique selling proposition, you know what, who you are, what you offer to your audience, um, you know, the transformation you provide them all of the changes, they become easier, you know, they become easier to navigate. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that that something that I talk a lot about with content and and I assume that you would as well is like this whole repurposing thing, right? You create a blog post and that because it's important to talk about with your audience and they might not ever make it to your blog because they follow you on social media, then you create a reel out of it or an IGTV or whatever. And so- while content can seem overwhelming, it doesn't really have to be if you, and it like having somebody in your corner, like yourself can make a world of difference. Yes. And another thing I like to really emphasize to my clients is that these big companies that we see and that are literally a part of our lives, they have major teams and machines behind them, pushing out all of this content all of the time. So I try to stress to my clients, do not overwhelm yourself. Okay. Because small steps, great distances. So don't try to overwhelm yourself with thinking that, oh, I need to be on reels. I need to be on live. I need to do this. I need to, my personal philosophy is getting really good at one platform first and then expanding, or maybe even two. Um, Mm -hmm. And I say two, because you have your website and that's a super important part of your content marketing strategy. You want to get people back to your website. Mm -hmm. A lot of misconceptions about content is that, well, I posted it on Instagram or I posted it on TikTok, but your audience has not been moved to make an action because they they don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They don't know how to get in contact with you. They don't know what you want them to do. Um, So yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even have anything to add there. That is perfect. So tell us about a few tools that people can use to get some clarity around their content. Okay. So um, like I said, a content strategy, number one, 
because that is like the technicalities. That's where you define your business goals and objectives, right? You define your audience, which is really, really important. I know, I know people hear others talk about finding your audience, your target audience, your target is kind of a repetitive thing, but it's so important because then you won't feel like you're just creating for nothing. Um, it's falling on deaf ears, et cetera. Um, so your strategy, that's your number one tool. I stand by it. I believe it. Um, it's how I've been able to grow my business because I follow it to the T, right? Um, but some other tools are like keyword tools. So what keywords are um, or key phrases too, uh, things that people search for, high volume searches and things like that, that are relative to your business. Um, so the two that I suggest, answer the public, that's a good one. And then phrase.io. Um, if you've never heard of that, check it out. Um, it's free. They do have paid plans, of course, but those two things can give you some questions that people are searching about your topic or your niche, uh, things like that. And then lastly, I would say grammar tools to make sure your copy for all of your content is absolutely on point. Mm. Getting clear on your voice and your messaging is, is important too, and making sure that that comes through your content the right way. Um, and so, yeah, so there are not many outside tools that can help you gain content clarity for me and my personal opinion outside of like doing research and seeing what your competitors are up to and seeing what the popular things are on the certain platforms and things like that. Um, but those things are what I would suggest um, if someone is looking for some tools. To like recap kind of is, is you're saying like, once you have clarity around who you want to serve, and, and exactly who that person is and how they need to be served and how they need interacted with, right? And then you have a think about like, okay, now how do I like showing up in the world? And then exactly. you create a plan around that, like exactly. what they need to know and how you can hold their hand through this process of learning enough and overcoming obstacles to then work with you or, or you know, even if that's later down the line, because sometimes right, it's right, right. building relationships takes a while. Mm -hmm. And so definitely, and that is something that can't happen overnight. It's in addition to that with things like your grammar and stuff, um, content creation, all of it takes practice, right? Like I said, my blogs at first sucked. I, <laughs> some of you may or may not know this, but my, my degree is in biology and community health. And I had written so many lab reports that essentially like my writing was sterile. Like it was like clinical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I so imagine. I was great at grammar, but I mean, sometimes I, I learned that I have to break grammar. I have to put my, yes. my isms in and my swear words and my personality and my goofiness. Yes. Putting your flaws into your work in general means you're human. <laughs> People yes. like humans. Yes. And I'm glad you said that because a major part about content clarity is being authentic, right? When you show up as your authentic self, you show up uh, how you represent your business authentically, content becomes easier, right? You're more, you're able to be more clear, right? Because you're being you, you're, you're being yourself. Yeah, totally. For those, because I'd say this audience, I know who's listening for the most part. And I'd say most of you are not probably creating loads and loads of content yet. Um, some of you are, but practice, like practice writing those blogs. This podcast for me, I'm still practicing video. If you feel uncomfortable, like I started with just creating stories because I knew they disappear and I was okay with that. <laughs> That's a good tip though. <laughs> <laughs> so those types of things, right? It's 
It can feel really intimidating to sit down and create a strategy, but you're right. If you take the time, do some research or find somebody who knows their shit and knock it out, it makes a world of difference. Yes. I like what you said about practicing, practicing, making perfect, because a lot of people just want to come out on top. You want to create your first post and it be viral. You want to create your first reel and you have a million views and it's just not happening. I'm sorry to break it to you. It's just not going to happen. So in order to get there, you have to take that first step. you got to take mm-hmm. that first leap. It might suck <laughs> terribly, you know, it, it might, but that's okay. Because the good thing about it is it always can get better. Yeah. Like we said, the world evolves too. So you can finally get like on top of your content game. And then suddenly you're like, mm, I've got to rethink because some of this isn't connecting the way it should be. Um, and that's okay too. <laughs> yes. People won't tell you business, content, all of it's trial and error, right? You're seeing what works, you're testing. And I actually came up with um, a content idea. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to uh, make it make sense yet, but I related it to the scientific process which is weird because the only scientific uh, experience I have is like science projects in middle school and stuff like that. (laughs) But you know how you have to hypothesize and you have to come up with, you have to test it, trial one, two, three. It's kind of the same thing with content creation. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that you're putting educated guesses, hypotheses, hypotheses out into the world. (laughs) And then, and, and sometimes hoping for the best and sometimes you get informed data from that. Right. And you can learn to tweak and, um, help your people more. Yes. All right. So let's come back to you. Okay. So tell me a bit about your biggest win in business so far. Well, of course I'm going to say all my wins are my big wins, but I do have two that stand out. When I first started the Kier Nicole way, like I said, we were a lifestyle brand too. Um, So I ran a good habit, a 30 day good habit challenge. It was free. People signed up Um, and I kind of wanted to continue the momentum. So I then launched a 90 day good habit journal. And this was my first time doing anything like this, like literally designing the journal, you know, just anything my first time. So I set a goal to make a thousand dollars from selling those journals and I surpassed it by a couple of hundred dollars. So I was very proud of myself with that. That was a super big win for me. And then my most recent win is that I, I secured my first retainer client with my uh, agency's signature service, which is our content counseling. So it's our content marketing service. So that was really big for me. Uh, I was super excited about that and I'm hoping for more of that you know, in the coming months, weeks, days. That's really cool. Yeah. It's big when yeah. you finally, like when you have not just like, okay, cause obviously you've had clients and stuff, but you've, as all of our businesses do, especially in the first couple of years, your businesses have evolved and each down and you're doing this one thing that you're freaking great at. And now, now you've had clients in there and then now you have like my forever clients, which is great. <laughs> I can see you through the results because a lot of times with one-on-one service-based businesses, it gets hard to uh, analyze those results because they get the service done and then they're gone. You know, maintaining that relationship can kind of be hard, things like that. So by having someone that I can not only teach the strategy and, and help them with their content marketing, but also come back the next month and say, okay, yeah, let's evaluate. And I can also provide accountability. Okay, month three, let's, let's see what's working. Let's see what's not working. Let's switch it around, things like that. Absolutely me being mean, like the total like geek that I am, I'm just like already being like, can you imagine the case study you can get? 
(laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So tell me about your biggest mistake or learning experience so far while running your business. I would say that my biggest learning experience thus far has been um, navigating my way through bootstrapping my business. Um, And so if you have listeners that don't know what that is, it's basically using your own resources to fund your business, getting it out of the hole, attempting to buy your own resources, right? So I want to say 2018, I was working at um, a gym, a local gym, Planet Fitness, and I was just unhappy. I knew that there was more to life and I just quit. I quit my job with no plan because I just felt called to. But if I could, if I knew what I know now, I would have made sure that I had some money saved up because growing a business is costly. It is not for the week. It's not, uh, you know, I see free tools being shared all the time, but there's still costs with running a business. And The main one is if you don't have any clients, you don't eat. So (laughs) that's one of the big ones. And so that's been my major learning experience. But honestly, I wouldn't change it because it's building my character. Um, It's helping me navigate through some really difficult times, going through hard things personally, but still showing up for my audience, you know, being tenacious, persevering through the hard parts, uh, the slow months, the slow quarters, things like that. So that's been my biggest learning experience. I really appreciate you sharing that because I think there's two sides of that. Like one, yeah, businesses cost money and we don't always really actually dig into the money parts of business, but like, so obviously product-based businesses usually have a little bit more cost, right? Startup costs, but service-based businesses, like at a minimum, you've probably got like a website or booking or accounting software or something like you've got, you've still got overhead. Right. And um, maybe in my business, you know, you've had, I've had coaching and other things I've invested in. So businesses cost money, but on the right. other side of things, like, I like that you touched the, on the fact that like, because you had sort of quit your job, you just had to be tenacious and go get it. And I think that that's the flip side sometimes is where like, obviously it's great to have some, uh, buffer financially <laughs> when doing some of these, but sometimes you just, if you don't give yourself a choice, you just have to make it happen. Right. Or you're right. You're, we you don't have food. You don't have a roof over your head. Yeah. And well, that is my total like type a sort of gives me heart palpitations. <laughs> like it also yeah. is yeah. very impressive. It's not easy, but I, I, I truly believe that it's worth it. Um, I truly do. And mm-hmm. I know that everything is temporary. So if you might ha- be having a slow month, a slow quarter, just know that it can turn around and it will turn around as long as you're persistent, dedicated, and you believe it to be true. Definitely. That consistency does pay off over time. So are you working on anything exciting right now? So I do have a few things in the works. And one thing that I can talk about is my resource library that I am producing and coming out with um, next month, September. So the resource library will be a Um, library for free and pay resources for DIY entrepreneurs who need help leveling up online, but are maybe not ready to work one-on-one or, you know, commit to working with an agency to grow their business. So I'm super excited about that because it will just expand the reach and expand the ability to help more people. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I'm excited to see that when it comes out next month. I love a good resource library. Yes. When this episode comes out, hopefully that'll be ready. So you can go over and check it out. So tell people where they can find you and that resource library when it's ready. 
All righty. Okay. So you can find me on my website at www.thekiaranicoleway.com and on Instagram at, at the Kiara Nicole Way. Those are my two main platforms at the moment. I am on Facebook. I am on YouTube and things like that, but I'm not as consistent as I want to be. But if you go to my website, you have, there are links that will take you to those other places. You can find me on there as well. But the two main ones, if you want to get in contact, you want to work with me, my website and Instagram. Perfect. And those will be linked in the show notes as well. So if you're looking for the exact link, you can just head to show notes on the Capable Collective website and they will be there. Well, thank you so much for sharing your content clarity knowledge with us today. Um, and just your business journey. It's so great to hear from people in the thick of the different stages of business and how they're doing it. Because like one of the biggest like pillars of the Capable Collective is just knowing that we're not going it alone. You can ask people like, hey, tap, tap, tap on your shoulder. Like, how did you do this? Yes. And just real quick, I also offer um, confidence and clarity calls for free. So I, if you want confidence and clarity through content, um, and you um, want someone to really look at your business and help you out, 30-minute call, get on with me, and I promise you will walk away feeling a little more empowered. Oh, that's amazing. Really, yes. really cool. Yes. Yeah, definitely take her up on that <laughs> for sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much. This has been amazing. I cannot wait for people to hear it. Yes. Thank you so much for inviting me, having me, and I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Capable Collective podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and have gotten value from it. If you did, please subscribe on your chosen listening platform. And if you happen to be listening over on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to leave a review. It helps other people to find and trust this podcast, and it would mean the world to me. This episode was edited by Emily Crosby Media. She's amazing to work with. And if you are looking to start a podcast or for some practical media solutions, definitely check her out. Thank you so much again. Have a great day.